Hi, this is Brad Redderson, and welcome to Sternova Strategic Edge, a bi-weekly audio business program where we explore emerging strategies in strategic innovation from the edges of the business ecosystem. In this shorter companion program to our bi-weekly Stranova interview podcast, we explore the implications of some of the newest strategic trends in business from all over the world and present them every other week, alternating with our regular interview series. So, thanks for tuning in, and let's get started with this episode of Stranova Strategic Edge. For those too young to have heard this sound in person, that's the sound an old rotary dial telephone makes when its dial clicks around the circle. Since that innovation was created in the first half of the 20th century, the telephone business has certainly changed a lot. For one thing, in each country we used to have just one telephone company running everything. And the power of that company was so dominant that there was even a satirical movie released in 1967 called The President's Analyst, where a powerful and clandestine organization known by the acronym TPC was secretly running the country. That acronym stood for the phone company. It's also hard to believe, but until the mid-1950s, people often didn't have more than one telephone handset in their homes. In fact, the sleek princess phone that AT&T developed in, I believe, the late 1950s was created with the goal of convincing people to put more than one phone in their home. And of course, each phone had to be maintained, and there were surcharges per handset, so more phones meant more money for the phone company. These days, things are even more complicated, with many of us having a home phone and a dedicated home fax line, a cell phone, an office phone and its own dedicated office fax line, and often different companies for at least each group of phones by location. And each one is costing you money to use and maintain. It seems like that ought to be complicated enough for all of us right now, but we are inventive creatures, and the latest trend in telephony that we're all going to get involved with, and in fact may even be involved with right now and not know it, is the use of the Internet for what's known as Voice Over Internet Protocol, or VOIP for short. The base concept itself is pretty simple and has been around and in use for some time. If you have a digital data network, you can digitize the audio from the phone calls you make according to specific encoding and compression schemes that take account of the limited frequencies and volumes of human speech and decode the calls at the other end of the line to turn it back into analog audio that our ears can understand and that our voices can communicate with. Cellular phone systems converted to mostly digital communication some years ago, both to increase the number of calls that could be carried either on the air by cellular or by wire and cable. And conventional landline telephones also make use of the technology as well. The strategic edge that we're concerned with here, however, isn't the digitization of the phone calls, but how they are transmitted from place to place. The quick answer is via the Internet, and that's a big enough change in and of itself. But it's only the first ripple of what will prove to be a tidal wave of telecommunications change over the next several years. Let me build it for you slowly to help explain the implications. According to the Wall Street Journal, in an article on January 12, 2006, 5 million U.S. consumers now have an Internet-based phone service via cable, 
from companies like Vonage, Speakeasy, and 8x8. That's a small part of the 118 million residential phone lines the U.S. Federal Communications Commission estimated to be in place at the end of 2003. Now, because the phone service piggybacks on top of an existing infrastructure of Internet connectivity, which is growing and being maintained itself for entirely different reasons and by entirely different budgets, the real costs of putting such a system in place are relatively low. And the result is, the pricing for these internet-based phone services is also much lower than what you're probably used to paying per month for your regular phone services, often by as much as at a 60 to 70% lower price. Because of this lower cost, and the increased availability of high-speed, high-bandwidth digital data networks for consumers, the market for these services, once people become comfortable with their quality and reliability, is expected to grow from the 5 million I talked about before to 20 million users over the next two years. However, there's another little upstart technology that is recently a lot less quietly than you might think, disrupting even this set of innovations. And that's voice over internet protocol for free, straight from your computer to another computer, courtesy of simple software you can download and install, often at no charge to any user. America Online, Yahoo, and other instant messaging systems have had this capability for a number of years, but the explosion of services like Skype, Apple's iChat, Google Talk, and others is rapidly changing the adoption of this technology, to the point that, as reported in the New Scientist's January 7, 2006 issue, 42 billion, that's billion, minutes of calls, that's 16% of all phone calls, were made over the Internet in 2005. And a significant percentage of those were made for free using these new software products. I know many people who use one or more of these services exclusively for any international calls and in fact list their Skype address right on their business card to encourage voice communications via these methods. We at Stranova, for example, use Skype almost exclusively for our telephone-based interviews and take voicemail messages for a small fee to Skype by users clicking in at the Call Me button on our homepage at www.stranova.com. And, just as an experiment from our users outside the U.S., for this special episode of Stranova Strategic Edge, that those that use Skype outside of the U.S., why don't you give us a call this way and tell us about your experiences using these services? We aren't done yet, however. Since the next innovation has just started, at this year's Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, several companies, with Netgear being one of them, introduce Skype phones that operate on any Wi-Fi wireless network anywhere in the world without the need for having your own computer with you to connect with. And dialing, as often as not, will be enabled using your Skype name and not a phone number but you can still Skype out to most regular phone numbers for literally pennies a minute anywhere in the world. So, the next time you're at the local coffee shop with its free wireless access, that phone that you hear ringing just might be an internet phone with the sole charge in using it being to buy the phone in the first place and never having to pay anything more to make a single call. So let's take this a bit further into the future. First off, there's a new technology called Wide Wi-Fi, which will dramatically extend the range of Wi-Fi networks to as far as 30 miles or 50 kilometers away from the transmitters. It looks like, in the U.S., Philadelphia will be offering the service throughout the city very soon. And shortly afterwards, San Francisco, New Orleans, and many other cities in the U.S. may follow. And it's not just in the states that you're going to see this. 
In the past year, a UK company called The Cloud has already launched a wide Wi-Fi-enabled network throughout the Canary Wharf area just outside of London. And in 2006, it plans to roll out what they called hot zones in many areas, including Edinburgh, Leeds, Manchester, Nottingham, Oxford, Cambridge, and even three London boroughs, Islington, Kensington, and Camden. And India's Dishnet Wireless plans to roll out 6,000 WiMAX hotspots in 38 Indian sites over the next two years. And every single one of them will support that non-cellular wireless phone I just talked about. The UK's The Cloud even specifically said it will support BT OpenZone, O2, Nintendo, yes, the Game Boy Nintendo, Wi-Fi, and Skype, there's that name again, Skype Zones Equipment. I can't tell you for sure what will happen to the until-recently-state-of-the-art cellular and landline-based phone companies, but it's clear that that little tidal wave I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast It's on its way. So we'd like to hear what you think of these particular innovations and what they might mean in terms of new inventions, new innovations, and the long-term impact on the telecommunications industry. You can write to us at our blog at blog.stranova.com and put in some of your comments after our own introductory question on this particular episode of Stranova Strategic Edge. And we look forward to hearing from many of you in the future. Thanks again for listening. In our next Stranova interview, we feature guest Peter Goldsbury, Managing Director of Strategic Expertise Limited in New Zealand, to discuss Tipuake Kite Ora, a unique leadership planning and strategy model derived from key concepts of the Maori culture around the idea of ora, or well-being, that points to a unique holistic view of how chaos in our organizational and business ecosystems can be harnessed and channeled for the benefit of the entire community. Listen for it on January 30th when it goes live on Stranova. If you have comments on this week's show or suggestions for topics or guests for future shows, please contact us by email at ideas at stranova.com at our Stranova comment line at 1-408-849-4394 or via Skype by clicking on the link on our homepage. You can also join in our conversation by connecting with us on our Stranova blog by clicking the link on our homepage or going directly to blog.stranova.com. We look forward to your thoughts and the growing dialogue we're building on the intersection of strategy and innovation. This recording is copyright 2006 by Brad Redderson, and this is Brad Redderson thanking you for joining us this time at Stranova Strategic Edge.